So uh, about once a yeah. week, I like to hop on YouTube and check out uh, some of the highlights of Jim, Jimmy Fallon's week. I'm okay. usually not awake long enough to actually watch him live, but his YouTube clips are pretty good. Uh-huh. And this last week... I do that with uh, James Corden. I feel okay. like his like yeah. YouTube clips get me a lot. Hmm. But maybe it's because I see more of Jimmy Fallon's actual maybe so. shows. I just yeah. follow all these people on Instagram. So, I, so you I just, just get, so get them on Instagram. There. Ellen is like mine. I, own, okay. I, yeah, I follow Ellen true. purely on Instagram. Yeah. yeah. The other day, Fallon dropped hashtags, and I love them. They're one of my guilty guilty pleasures. What do they call? What does he call those? Uh, I don't know. Hashtags? I think they're just. I thought. The the name of the bit is hashtags. Okay. okay. It's hashtags. Okay. Um, but the the hashtag that went out this last week Uh was college in six words. Oh my goodness. Yeah, and 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 there were so many classics and and amazing ones, Uh and um. You know, some things like if it's due tomorrow, due tomorrow. At 11.59 a.m. That is more than six words, but yes. uh, Due in six words. Hashtag. This is why I'm not good at Twitter. I don't, (laughs) I I get my Twitter from other people posting like funny Twitter things on like a BuzzFeed list or on like a, um, or just Instagram like, or anything. Yeah, yeah or on other social on media. Yeah, I'm prone to the threads. You've seen like Twitter threads. Yes. Yeah, that's me. Anytime okay. I have it. I can't do the singular like say There's it in the... eight words thing yeah. on Twitter, but I don't know. But one of the, the hashtag college in six words okay. tweets that really uh, made me laugh, and it's the one he closed with, uh-huh. um, was Febreze is the same as doing laundry, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it reminded me, I had flashbacks to college in that, because some of them captured different uh-huh. spirits and different, you know, and things that I'm sure were other people's experience. But as an 18 year old guy, that Febreze is the same as doing laundry was a, a very standard thing, not yeah. just for me, but for the not entirety once. of my yeah. dorm. Not once to, did uh, I do that. No. I had to explain <laughs> to some college guys during my seven years uh-huh. in campus ministry that. Um, <clears throat> Axe body spray does not equate oh. <laughs> to a shower. A shower. Or yeah. cologne. It or doesn't equate to none of it. I can still smell the other smells that are just being overwhelmed. Yeah. To be to be fair, I didn't Febreze was not a thing when I was in college, so you know, because I'm old. old. <laughs> um But I did have like two and a half weeks worth of clothes on purpose. Uh-huh. So that you just did laundry in big chunks at a time. Is this where we bring back it's been a while since we've done it, but the like for your age kind of jokes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You're doing well uh-huh. for, for understanding you. what Febreze is. For your age. Yes, oh. yes. Um, there are joys of being the old man in this group. And, and and then there's some things that are pain because of it. But that's okay. Um, one of the, the things that I loved about this is because laundry in college is one of those things that you know you need to do. It is good for you to do. Mm-hmm. And yet sometimes you just can't bring yourself to do it. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering where else in y'all's lives have, have you encountered those things that you know are good, they know are important, you know that you need to do, and yet you can't bring yourself to actually want to do it? Putting away my laundry. I'll do the oh, laundry. Okay. Okay. But actually like hanging oh. or like putting them back into the drawer. Uh-huh. It'll be folded. But that, you, that's, no, that's folding the, the laundry is where if I don't fold the laundry like right after I take it out of the dryer, it will remain unfolded for uh-huh. like the week, the okay. following yes. week. Because yes. I'll just keep grabbing something out of the and then. Yeah, I know. was about to say you would make April crazy. <laughs> it, it gets washed and dried uh-huh. and stacked and then folded. And then before we go to bed, 
everybody's clothes, all four people's clothes are put away. Yeah. And even the children know this. Love it. Her sister, on the other hand, is from the, it lives in the laundry bins mm-hmm. right. all week. And it, you know, it, it's washed, it's clean, it may be wrinkled, but it's fine. I'll say, we're living in a new home and like, so far, so good. Okay. But there was, the other day I had to, I was like, there are three pieces of clothes on your, uh, on your dresser, put them away, Melissa. And I thought, oh, uh, well, I don't want it's to. It's still a struggle. Yeah. Big one for me is dishes too. Like I, okay. I will, I have like I have a dishwasher and things like that. And if I can get them into the dishwasher, mm-hmm. then like it goes quickly. I'm sure anybody with the dishwasher understands that. Right. But getting you them from the from sink, sink from, and the usually I, I'm actually really good about rinsing them. Yeah. Like I will always rinse because I hate for some reason I hate just like I don't want it to watch it, to it sit uh-huh. there. Yeah. But for some reason, the simple act of like rinsing it off and then taking the like two seconds it would take to like take uh-huh. it from the sink to the dishwasher is like a thing that I can see the reverse is do. the hardest thing at our house. We will rinse uh, them. They will get in the dishwasher. They will get out. run. But then they live and you just the pull them out of the dish. You know, we need four <laughs> yeah. plates. Okay, here we go. We'll pull these four out and now we're eating. Right. Um, and they're clean. It's all good. So living in an intentional Christian community, I think that's what almost, I think dishes is one of the things that kills some intentional Christian communities mm. because I created incredible systems for like how to handle that we have one washer and dryer for everyone that everyone followed very well. We had like chores list and like even like purchasing list of like are you surprised by any of this uh-uh. no no <laughs> it's fine i know but anyways but the one thing we could never troubleshoot was the stupid sink and the dirty dishes so so i would encourage you to adopt the dr james burleson aka my college roommate jim Great. uh his approach I was like i have no idea um, who is that <laughs> so he, he teaches management information systems at cal poly san luis obispo in california nice uh mr phd he's I am the failure among my college roommates to not have a doctorate. Um, everybody else does. Mm. That's okay. It's okay. There's still time for there you. There is time. There is time. Um, nobody else has a podcast, so I guess oh, you know, you hashtag go. winning. Um, but his approach in undergrad hashtag made it. Made it absolutely. Um, his approach in college when we ran out of dishes, but he didn't want to actually do them, was was to take the semi dirty plate put paper towels over the top of it and then just eat on top that of the paper towels. That no. is genius. No. That's the no. Equi- that's the dish equivalent no. of like flipping your underwear inside out. No. <laughs> I'm not okay with either of these things. Uh, oh, man. Let's it, move on. Okay. Well, one of the other things that <laughs> for me not, we have a, oh. has been difficult because y'all got to share your answers. I didn't get to share mine. Oh, I'm sorry. That has oh, right. been that you know is important to you mm-hmm. but is hard to actually do yeah and i think this is you know one that is i hope consistent for a lot of people but eating well and exercising are incredibly hard you know you're supposed to do it right and and yet i can only manage to do it well when Mm -hmm. i've got a really specific system somebody else has done all the thought for me i just got to show up and do it yeah right you know we did boot camp for a couple years my wife and i did and and the joy of that is yeah i had to wake up at 4 30 to go nope but as soon as I showed up, all I had to do was do what Heather told me to do <laughs> for an hour yeah. and, and chat with people and engage people and sweat like crazy. That was all I had to do. We just finished our whole 30. Right. And part of what makes the, makes that possible and doable for me is all I got to do is go home and April says, eat this. 
I can eat it and all of a sudden I'm eating healthy. And, <laughs> you know, I don't have to think too hard about it. Mm-hmm. Now, she has thought like crazy about yep, it, yep. Um, which is why we <clears throat> only do whole 30, 30 days at a time because uh-huh. it will literally eat her lunch and make her crazy. But I think there's so many of those things that we know are good for us yeah. that we struggle to do in part because we don't really know where to begin. Right. Mm-hmm. If I were to write an exercise routine right now, mm-hmm. if I were to write a diet right now, the exercise routine would be do something that makes you sweat. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and the Not diet would be don't eat McDonald's. Do something. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and I wonder if there are other places in our lives where that approach and that level of simplicity might be helpful for us. Mm. Right. Where it might be helpful to help us actually do the thing that we know would be good for us mind, body, and spirit, if we just knew how to begin. Welcome to the Gather, Grow, Go podcast. I'm Pastor Daniel. I'm Pastor Melissa. And I'm Jess Kiefer. Today on the Gather, Grow, Go podcast, we are wrestling with the question, how do we read our Bibles? Yeah, this started um, because, uh, you know, Kiefer's been building up our the ways that we can engage with people yep. in our community via, you know, our digital realm. Mm-hmm. And so someone that I love to look to that I think does really great work is this guy named Brady Shearer. And um, he's my, he's, your, <laughs> he's the dude. He's yeah, the he, dude. He, uh. Yeah, paving and, the way. Um, I can't remember if it was you or me, but we were having a conversation about him one day. And he had just done a thing about how uh, YouTube is one of the places that people go to for information. And when you search on YouTube for like, how do you do these really simple things? Yeah. Churches don't show churches up. Churches do mm. not show up. And things that you would think, hmm, maybe the church could... Teach me how to read my Bible. It's not even just that it's highly trafficked. It is the second most highly trafficked website on the planet. Yeah. After well, it, Google. <laughs> well, it makes is... sense because, you know, I go to YouTube whenever right. I want to learn how to fix my washing machine. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. And when I want to learn how to fix my truck, I have done both of those things within the last two years. I go to YouTube to learn years. how to do half my job. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> Valid. And, and, and why wouldn't we turn and why do, wouldn't humanity turn to that space to to learn a little more fully how do we encounter scripture and how do we gain life from it, right? It's, it should be like eating well and exercising. And something think about that, how many YouTube hits you're going to get if you're looking up for how to Whole30 meal prep. Um, but how do we, hashtag excited preacher hands, <laughs> um, how, how do we eat well? How do we work out well? You know, YouTube yeah. hits are constant in that. But how else do we help people um, answer how do you do some really simple things that maybe go a little deeper than eat well, written on a piece of paper or read the Bible? Well, although I think there is a level of, I mean, you know, part of maintaining the physical health that I wanted to maintain was getting up and showing up to work out, right? I then turned to Heather to tell me what to do and how to do it and all of that, but I had to get up and show up. Right. Yeah. Part of Whole30 is I got to get up and show up. Uh, part of getting life from encountering Scripture begins with actually reading it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, we we 
often read about it and think about it and Mm -hmm. and encounter other people talking about it but to begin we have to actually encounter it yep but can we name the truth that happens a lot of times when we try to encounter it it can be an intimidating book. It can be. It, it, an intimidating 66 books. Yes. <laughs> right? Right. A library of yeah. books. Yeah. 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 And I love that image of a library. I think right. that is a, a more relevant um, piece here, right? Yeah. A very helpful reminder mm-hmm. of while we talk about it as the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and sometimes we talk about it and lift it up in ways to where we begin to think that the Trinity is Father, Son, and Holy Scripture rather than <laughs> Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. right? Um, Snaps. It is, it. yes, it, it is a collection, yeah. right, uh, of holy, sacred, inspired texts written by God's people uh, over the course of many years, hundreds of years. Right. So, I mean, so the reality is, is, you know, we're starting a new season on this podcast. And for the next eight weeks, what yep. we're asking is that you join us as we dive in on this question that, you know, through just getting to know where people are, one of the number one questions people are asking about their own souls. Um, and when it comes to scripture is how do I read the Bible? So over the next eight weeks, we hope you keep returning back again and again as we look at different ways how to engage your soul in reading the Bible so that we don't mistake Scripture for Holy Spirit, you know, Absolutely. and vice versa and right. all that kind of good stuff. But also, how do we approach a book, a document that's ancient and living and um, means something for today and has parts that are, you just think, Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Does this have anything to do with today? Right. Yeah, right. Um, how do we engage it all? And we, we hope over these next couple of weeks that you encounter a spirit of authenticity, mm-hmm. a spirit of reality, a spirit that acknowledges the profound holiness that is here, but also those things that make you go, huh? huh? <laughs> what do I do with that? How do I understand that? Um, you know, am I to read it just this one way mm-hmm. or are there multiple ways we can encounter this text and find life-giving hope uh, and meaning in it? Uh, We hope that we give you handles for that over the next seven weeks after today. After today. um, You will encounter multiple uh, methodologies for reading Mm -hmm. Scripture. You're going to encounter some experiences for how we read Scripture. Yeah. Um, We're going to channel a little Ignatian method. That's right, we are. We're going to do a little Lectio Divina. We're going to visit some hikers and see what they have to say to us Uh about how we can encounter Scripture. And we're going to do it all through the lens of encountering some shared Scripture together. So we're going to do this, you know, over um, these weeks. And on the first week of each set, we're going to kind of set it up. How, How do you do this? How do you engage with this thing? What is the practicals of it? And then week two, we invite you to come back because still, even when you have that, like, here's the directions, the to-do list, it can still be not as easy as showing up and having Heather tell you what to do. Right. Right. Um, even if we just have the list in front of us, it can still be a little intimidating to approach. Um, so on the um, second week of each set, we will actually practice together on this podcast so every so odd number weeks on this season are going to be weeks where we talk about the practicals of here's how you can do it here's how you can engage it and even weeks are going to be weeks where we actually engage it together 
So I think the question then becomes for this one, when you're asking, how do you read the Bible is where do I start? So I thought maybe we can just have a brief conversation about, you know. In the beginning. In the beginning, right? And <laughs> There's lots of in the sure. beginnings, though, right? Yeah, right. Um, absolutely. You know, the Mark begins with in the beginning. John begins with in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Genesis begins with mm-hmm. in, in the, the beginning. beginning. We, I'm sure I was referring more... to that one. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but thank you for making the but point. But real quick, you run into, you know, you, you get Genesis, Exodus, and Leviticus. And that's kind of where, you know, people will tend to like trail off, right? You go because you got why. narrative and narrative and you got stories that you can engage mm-hmm. in and stories that may harken back to felt boards from your childhood mm-hmm. um, or your grandma sitting you on her knee and, and telling you some stories. So there's yeah. some familiarity likely um, if you're encountering this in the Bible Belt where we are producing it today. Right. Mm-hmm. Um there's likely some familiarity, but then you get into this, what feels like adventures and missing the point. <laughs> um, like, how did we get here? And what does this have to do with this? And and I can't have shellfish and I can't have a cheeseburger and bacon is bad. Wait, yeah. bacon is a gift from God. How can it be bad? <laughs> uh, to where, uh, but I think that raises a very powerful question. Where do we begin? Do we just treat it like every other book that we do in the English language where we start at the front and we move from left to right, just like the text does across the page? I mean, the simple answer is yes, you can. But I think that we can run into, you know, the fact that there's other in the beginnings or the yeah. fact that you're going to hit Leviticus really quick. Mm-hmm. So what are, what are other places to begin if people are looking to begin? Because... Just like learning to put your clothes away at the end of every day is still a struggle for me right now for college boys because I'm not going to put as many girls in that category Need to learn <laughs> huh. that Febreze is not uh, you. You graduated college, Kiefer. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I did. Uh, Somehow. <laughs> that Febreze is not the equivalent to actually taking a shower. Right. Um. You know, I think reading the Bible is the same kind of thing where it can take time. It can be hard at the beginning, but if we have some places to begin, it can be easier. So where are other places y'all begin? This is where I think the image of library that we brought up earlier is really helpful Mm. um, because there are multiple beginning places. Yeah. Um, And for me, as a Christian, and I got to own that identity, I you know, I'm a pastor in the United Methodist Church, uh-huh. right? I, I am a all in on Jesus, yeah. right? And, and so I, I believe that for me, Jesus provides the lens through which I encounter the whole rest of Scripture, mm-hmm. right? And, and so when you end up with some troubling places at different places in Scripture, moments where you go, now what about that? Right. Am I supposed to do with that? If I remember, if I my starting place is Jesus and, and where, what does what I know of Jesus teach me? about the encountering of this scripture. And so I would say begin with a gospel. Mm. Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they are about two-thirds of the way back in your Bibles. Uh, if you put your thumbs in the middle and open it up and then open it up another halfway, right, you will find one of the gospels. Yeah. You'll find yourself in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. And and for me, I, I love starting in Mark. And Bibles also have a table of contents. I think that's something we forget too. And there's no shame in turning to the table of contents and looking where is this book? Especially for those like one pagers in the Old Testament. 
like the ones that you can never yes quite or flip pistols, to. Yeah. you know yeah. even yeah now you know, we do need to note that most tables of contents in bibles start over the their pagination Right. With the New Testament. So if you're looking for Matthew 1, it will tell you page 1, which may or may not be helpful. You need to look at the <laughs> last book of the Valid. Old Testament, find that page number, and then, and then, you, can, and then you can flip there. Yeah, um, but I like Mark. Mm-hmm. Um, all the Gospels have meaning and importance and power. Um, this this Lenten season, we invited our church. Um, no, just before this Lenten season, we invited our churches. We were looking at how we can embrace our Christian identity more fully to to spend in one week reading the Gospel of Mark, right? Mm-hmm. Read it all in one sitting if you can, yep. Yep. Uh, because it is the most succinct mm-hmm. of our Gospels. E- each of the Gospels has a theological lens that they're speaking from and through where they relay right. the Jesus story. Um, and, and Mark, I'm not going to say Mark doesn't have a theological lens. Mark does. Oh, um, and, and, and you will notice immediately shows up a whole lot in mm-hmm. Mark, right? Uh, for him, the the coming of Christ again is really immediate yeah. and soon. But Mark, I believe, and many scholars believe, was written, uh, was first an oral tradition, right? It yeah. was a, it was um, something that was meant to be performed. You were supposed to encounter the totality of yeah. Mark all at once, right? Yeah. To hear it proclaimed all at once. And, and because of that, uh, it is the most concise. It is the most succinct. It tells the Jesus story really quickly. Yeah. So if you're looking to hit the Jesus story quickly in a pretty short book of the Bible as well, Mark's a great place to begin. And I think that's where we've kind of landed would be a great place for us to engage in next week. But maybe we can also hop and give a couple other examples. Like, um, you know, I think starting in the gospels is incredible and maybe we can lift up briefly what are those other things about the other Gospels that if people have read Mark recently, they might want to know about the other three and maybe even a couple other places in the Bible. And then next week, we'll jump in headfirst to Mark together to make it easy to go together. Yeah, so if you want to continue on from Mark into Luke, Luke is where you will encounter the Christmas narrative in the way that you are most familiar, right? Mm -hmm. Luke 2 is the Christmas story, and what you see in Luke over and over again is God's care, not just for the people who have it all together and everything just the way you would expect it to be, but for those people who, like many of us, don't always have everything together. Yeah. Um, and, And for whom... Life has been difficult. Life has been mm-hmm. hard. Yeah. Um, often in Luke, we will see what is called the preferential option for the poor, right? God, yeah. God's care extends for the totality of humanity. Mm-hmm. And we can't forget that. We can't yeah. miss that. Um, I also love the journey narrative of Luke, where you mm. can so clearly move from one point to another point, And you can see the importance of that travel and that movement in it. Yeah. And it doesn't hurt that Luke lifts up women the most out of all of the Gospels. <laughs> so, you know, I'm a little partial right. there. Matthew, you know, is so interesting. Um, if you want to hear more of that Jewish perspective, yep. right? Because Matthew does such a, a beautiful notion mm. of, of blending where this, you know, Christian, you know, thing is becoming a thing, right? Mm-hmm. But it was still so early on as Matthew was being formulated into the book that it now is, um, that it also had this really importance of 
um, lifting up the place of the Jew and the Jewish story mm. and history in the midst of it. So if you're reading Matthew because you want to know more of that tradition, if there's ever a point that you hit where it's like, wait, this feels like it came out of left field. Look to the footnotes in your Bible, yeah. right? And you'll probably see that it ties to some kind of Jewish tradition. I mean, the whole book starts off with the lineage, right? It was like the very yeah. important, like, because he's from the line. Yeah. yeah. It's like all from all the prophecies. To the line of David. Look at me. <laughs> You've got this. And John's one of your favorites. I do. I heard it one time somebody described the, the gospel of John as being the like odd one out of the four. It is. But it is. And I had that, asked you all about it. I was like, is that like, right? And you're like, yeah, kind of. And uh, so, but the whole angle that it, that the person I was listening to was preaching from was that it was cool because it was like the odd one out, but it was still included. And mm-hmm. that was kind of the whole lens through which yeah. he was talking about it. So it was a really cool The fancy seminary message. word of the day, I guess, would be the synoptic gospels the synoptic. and the Johannite. No, no, no. Oh, Matthew, Matthew Mark, Mark, and sorry. Luke are the synoptic. And I'll leave the big words Johannine, <laughs> to you guys. Johannine literature is what John's gospel. Can you define Because you've got John and then first, John's second, gospel. and third John. <laughs> The Gospel of John, and the letters of, the John, letters of John, and yes. then Revelation, and Re- yeah. which yeah. is the Johannine literature. Okay, which it, Revelation is attributed to John. You right? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. I didn't know if that was oh. like, if we were like certain that was the same John, or I hadn't heard of people. Never mind. This is a tangent. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's the beauty, though, of engaging in this book is that there's so much to learn. Yeah. Um, in the midst of it, which is also what can make it so hard. So when we talk about trying to find other places to just drop in, I mean, you know, because you mentioned yeah, if we're yes. looking for a quick place to drop in, I love James, the Epistle of James. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It it is if you want to get real about what does Tuesday look like, <clears throat> walking yes. in the way of Jesus. Uh-huh. James gets real about what is your day to day. I think and, James and, was my first Bible study in college i think that was okay. the first like when i got to campus ministry that was like the first thing that i studied with people so that's a good i guess that's a, there was probably intention behind that <laughs> probably so uh it, but it just it lays a groundwork for it it is an incredibly and, and i feel weird saying this because it makes it sound like other scripture is not practical and that its only purpose is to be practical um but it it grounds you in your lived experience mm-hmm. and invites you um to, uh, to another stage, to another level, to a different way of being. So I will say we're spending a lot of time talking about starting in the in the New Testament, like with yeah. the Gospels and stuff, which is always great. But I spent a lot of my college time, uh, when I got to college, I kind of realized I had a lot of like, how do I <laughs> look at the old, like I did not know what to do with the Old Testament, basically, was mm. sort of the thing. And as I've gotten older, I've like I go I go back to Psalms a lot now as a worship leader, as somebody who does like a lot of music in the church. I go to Psalms. Hey, look at you! Had already I just opened to Psalms. My book to the, go to my, Psalms my, a lot. The Bible. wisdom literature is now probably yeah. like my favorite thing to talk Can about. Can you define the wisdom literature? I is it three books? Mm-hmm. Then it's Ecclesiastes, Job, and and uh, Proverbs. Yeah. Yes, and Ecclesiastes is my favorite of the three. <laughs> but I, uh, I I don't know. I would ask you guys like. Where do you start with the Old Testament sometimes? I don't know. You opened to Psalms, so yeah, I'm assuming that's what it, you were going to talk about. I opened to Psalms because I think the Psalms are, if, you know, researchers, psychologists, you know, with anything that you try and do, you know, we, we talked about like getting healthy, eating better, working out, making your bed, all those kinds of things that the way to do it is to make SMART goals, right? Where it's like, I can't remember what the acronym fully is, but it's like you set a time limit on it. It's measurable. There's accountability. It's achievable. It's achievable. It's 
Anyway, uh, there's yeah. two others, but there there's a deadline on it. Um, but one of the things that SMART goals teaches you when you start is that the smaller and the more ridiculously easy it is to accomplish that goal, the more likely you are to accomplish that goal and then mm. immediately set another small goal and accomplish that. And then from there, you. but if you do it faithfully, all these small things will eventually add up to where, you know, if you have the dream of being the faithful person that has an hour-long devotional every morning, but you don't have that in your life right now. Hmm. Some people can be the people to just start that and praise right. be to God for them. I'm not one of those people, but the Psalms are typically so short, right? They could be read in just two minutes a lot of times that I think, and they have such wisdom in them that I think the Psalms are also a great place that's different from our narrative pieces that are also mm. these beautiful things. Um, to hop into and get comfortable with the practice. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the things that I think Psalms does as well is it also teaches us something about prayer life um, yeah. and the way that a lot of these were prayers. And in that prayer life, it teaches us what praise of God looks like. Because, you know, sometimes our prayers can become this list of me, 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 me. But if we learn to look at it as like, oh, look at how much they praised God. That can mm. teach us something. Yeah. And also that another appropriate response to reading scriptures, to being a Christian, can also be lament. Mm. And I think that's something we also miss, oh, that yeah. the Psalms can help teach us. Also, if you're lamenting, Job is a great place. Like if you're in a place of grief sure. in your life and you need that permission to grieve, Job can be a great book to read. Both Job and, and the Psalms give us a level of emotional honesty. Yeah. They do. Uh, that, and then make it okay. Because sometimes yeah. one of the, the things I lament in the church today, especially in an Instagram world, right, mm -hmm. um, is that we're all expected to be Instagram Christians. Yeah. Where uh. everything is perfect and uh -huh. aspirational. And, you know, we are full of little one-off uh, sayings that are inspirational and, and, and sort of make everybody glow and marvel at how amazing person of faith you are, right? Right. Uh, and, and there are some moments in life where we may live that reality, mm -hmm. but there are also some moments in life where there's real pain. There's oh, yeah, moments yeah. in life when, when grief is real. There are moments in life when uncertainty reigns yeah. and, and doubt is a real thing. And, and what we find in, in the Psalms is a biblical model and a reminder that, that the Instagram Christianity is our creation and is not what God expects us to do and be as a part of God's creation. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. And I'm going to lift up one other place within okay. the Old Testament. Um, and I think if you are wanting to get a handle on the prophets, if that's something that you're interested in, and maybe that's a place you haven't been, then 1 Samuel is a really good place to start because it gives you this the story of, right. of Samuel. And so it gives it, I think, in a more narrative fashion of, of what's happening with the prophets, whereas the other prophet books can be more narrative and then hopping into their voice and it can get a bit confusing. But I think if you get the template of what the prophets looks like from Samuel, um, first and second Samuel, and that even ex the story even extends to first and second Kings or excuse me, first and second Chronicles. Yeah. Um, then um, you can then more easily jump into the major and minor prophets. Mm. I love that that we're going to close here because the invitation inherent in, in grounding us in Samuel is 
of, it's a place to get your feet wet. Mm-hmm. It is. And we hope and pray that over the course of our time together today, you have encountered something that will inspire you to take your next step encountering Holy Scripture, mm-hmm. whether that's jumping into a gospel that you haven't really fully engaged with in a while, jumping that's in right. to the wisdom literature, jumping into a psalm that that speaks on behalf of your soul while it speaks to your soul, or, or maybe jumping into James because you go, man, Tuesday's coming tomorrow, <laughs> and i got to figure out what to do tomorrow. Yep. But we all agree you can skip Chronicles, right? Like, we don't need to... <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's, that's more expert yeah. level. <laughs> right. We'll all get there eventually. We right. all move towards At least don't start right? with it. <laughs> Which Chronicles eventually falls in the canon. Ah, there you fine. go. <laughs> I'll get there one day. Yeah, we will. We will. And, and there's hope for all of us, too. We, we hope and pray. Even uh, for Leviticus. Even for, absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, if you're looking, I have not listened to it because it's seven hours long. Um, but apparently Rob Bell has a seven-hour audio commentary on the book of Leviticus. Um, of course he does. Which, now. of course he does, yes. Um, <laughs> we are not going there. You do not need to fear. Uh, but we will be back next week with a... Um, an engagement of this beginning point mm-hmm. uh, where we invite you to come alongside us as we begin to encounter Holy Scripture anew. We thank you so much for gathering with us today on the Gather, Grow, Go podcast. I'm Pastor Daniel. I'm Pastor Melissa. And I'm just Kiefer. Thank you so much for uh, listening every week. Thank you for sharing this podcast with your friends. Thanks for talking about it. Thank you uh, to those of you who come up to us who are members of our church and talk to us about what we were talking about on the podcast. That's such a blessing to us to get to um, talk to people about this conversation. We re- This was kind of the goal of the podcast in the first place, was just to bring more people into this conversation. And so when people come up to me and are like, hey, just Kiefer, and talk to me about things from this podcast, it's a real joy. And uh, the best way for us to bring more people into this podcast community and into this uh, conversation every week uh, is to leave uh, comments and reviews uh, on Apple Podcasts, on SoundCloud. That is how we can uh, reach more people. That's how we get, that's how we beat the algorithms that I'll, I'll try to understand for, for forever. But uh, yeah, so go, go leave a review if you enjoyed this episode and, and uh, bring more people in. Amen. And, and now that we have gathered together today, I want you to receive your invitation to grow. Know that God is calling you, calling you to understand scripture more fully, calling you to encounter it more regularly. And know that that just as beginning to get physically fit starts with showing up, beginning to grow as a disciple of Jesus Christ, knowing your scripture more fully, allowing it to speak to you more completely, begins with reading. We hope today that you have found a place where you are inspired to begin, and your invitation this week is just to do that. Whether it's a psalm a day, a chapter of Mark a day, a proverb a day, find your place to begin and get reading. And now go. Receive this benediction, this blessing that's meant to be lived out as you go this week. May you go encountering God as the narrative on the page of the scriptures. May you go encountering Christ as the one who breathed and lived the Torah, the Holy Scriptures, alive and well. And may you go knowing that when you come across those texts that call you to wrestle, 
but it's the Holy Spirit inviting you into deeper readings and deeper knowledge of God. May you go in peace this week, now and always. Amen. Amen. Amen.